Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So we have got another economic bellwether or a company that represents the economy, a proxy for the economy, if you will, starting to slash jobs. And when I say they're slashing jobs, that's an understatement. <laughs> Let's go right over to CNBC and check this out. We've got UPS announces 12,000 job cuts. 12,000 says package volume slipped last quarter. You don't say. So there's a lot to unpack here. We're going to go through this article. Actually, let me get my notes here. But another thing that I want to talk about is the bullwhip effect. We know that Michael Burry started talking about that a year ago. We've been talking about that on this channel and on the whiteboard videos. But I think we see that in full effect right now. Maybe not specifically with UPS, but parts of the rest, uh, parts of the, let's call it transport or logistics, part of those industries. I, I think we're starting to see the effects of the, uh, of the bullwhip in action as we speak. But let's get back to this article here. Key talking points. UPS fell short of Wall Street revenue estimates Tuesday, reporting drops in shipping volume, both internationally and domestically. So they're seeing softness in Europe a lot. And that would make sense because Europe is heading for a recession. I saw articles today saying that Germany is on the brink of an official recession. We've known that for quite some time, but we see what's going on in uh, the EU. We see what's going on in China and other places around the world. Uh, Japan, you got to ask yourself, is the United States next? next? Or if you believe the United States is going to go around this global recession, how? And, and, and what are the probabilities of that? So the company, like we said, laid off 12,000 people today. And they say in an effort to align resources in 2024. So what that means, going back to the bullwhip effect, is, all right, so we saw this huge increase in our business in 2020-21 as a result of a sugar rush, as a result of something that was unsustainable, demand that was artificial. And therefore, what they do, like any other business, they're going to hire, hire, hire because they want to satisfy that increased demand. And they don't understand macroeconomics. They think that this demand is just going to last forever. We just had this paradigm shift because of the cerveza sickness or whatever reason that they told themselves. And therefore, we're, we just happen to be in this booming business. Lucky us. But what they didn't realize is all these employees that they're hiring at some point in time, they're going to have to fire them because revenues aren't going to go to the moon. Revenues are going to come right back down in alignment with economic output, with the realities of the economy, with the fundamentals. And that means that at the end of the day, you got way too many people working and not enough revenue coming in, way too much capacity. So UPS 2024 outlook expects revenue to range from 92 to 94.5. So uh, I guess their CEO, a gal named Carol Tomei, They've got some quotes from her based on their earning call. And where on earth, what on earth happened here? Okay, here we go. Uh, 2023 was a unique and quite candidly difficult and disappointing year. So before we go on, let's understand why UPS is so important. Because it's shipping goods back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's not just UPS. They have other businesses that we're going to get to in a moment that are extremely cyclical that have seen revenue completely collapse. So what happens is if there's fewer packages going back and forth and back and forth, likely 
there's less economic activity. Well, if there's less economic activity, that means that GDP is probably going down. In other words, recession. She said, we experienced declines in volume, revenue. So it's it's not just revenue. And, and let's think about it through this lens as well. When she's saying revenue, I assume she's meaning top line. So they not only had a top line decline, but that's with the backdrop of inflation, right? So think about that. Year over year, inflation is at 3%. In 2023, uh, higher than that. I don't recall what it was. Let's say 4 or 5%, something like that. So if you've got 5% inflation and your revenues are actually going down in nominal terms, just think what's going on in real terms. That means the amount of packages you are moving back and forth a lot worse than it seems just by looking at it on the surface level. So then she goes on to say what we were uh, discussing earlier with Germany being really, really soft. And uh, this softness is heavily weighted. Those are That's a quote from her in Europe. She also cited the uh, cited the talks. Oh, okay, with the Teamsters. I guess they've got some union problems. Uh, but that wouldn't really impact the, well, I guess maybe it would. But I don't think that's going to impact the entire year. And uh, I think it's more about what she's saying here, which is the macroeconomic environment more broadly as con- contributing to a disappointing year and what's likely to be an even more, uh, a bigger disappointment in 2024. The company also said it's considering selling its Coyote truck brokerage. Here's where we're talking about this entity within UPS that's very, very cyclical. And this is, I think, probably a bigger indication of the bullwhip effect than UPS. So getting back to this, the company also said it's considering selling its Coyote truck brokerage business which Tomei called a highly cyclical business, considerable earnings volatility. You don't say. So I did a Google search on this uh, Coyote truck brokerage, and they bought it back in 2015. And in 2022, they had revenues go up to $4 billion. $4 billion. And they're like, woohoo! You know, they're like Scrooge McDuck. So they're swimming around in all the gold coins. But then what happened is 2023 hit and their revenues just absolutely get crushed. Now she didn't say specifically how far they've come down, but it's to the point where they're considering selling the business altogether. So what does a truck brokerage business do? Well, they're the entities that you go online, you want to move uh, from Houston to Florida or something like that, or you want to uh, take a, a shipment of goods from a to, to B, you're going to go in there and you're going to fill out a form asking for a quote, let's say, and that's going to go, that's basically a lead. And then that lead is going to go into a brokerage and they're going to give you a list of options. And then whomever you go with, let's say it costs you 2000 bucks or something like that to transport a car. Okay. Well then that brokerage is going to take a cut of the action. All right. So they're just acting as a middleman, a ba- basically like a real estate agent. You can think of it that way. So another way of looking at this is if revenue for real estate agents plummets, what does that mean for the amount of transactions in the housing market? It's plummeting as well. So this thing just moonshots up in 2022, and then it just comes crashing down in 2023. And they're so worried about it that they're considering selling the business altogether because they don't want anything to do with it in 2022. 24. And by the way, when it up went up to 4 billion in 2022, 
that was a 100% increase from 2018, 100%. So think about how many trucks they, or I guess in this case, they're not buying the trucks, but think about how many people they hired, they Coyote truck brokerage to handle that amount of volume. When your business, I mean, a lot of you, I'm sure, are business owners. Just think about your volume doubling in the next two years. How many more employees would you have to hire? Well, you'd most likely have to double the amount of employees. But then what if you just see this straight up parabolic move and then it just comes crashing down the very next year to what it was prior to the revenue growth? Okay, well, let's just say you hired 50 employees. Now what do you have to do? You got to fire those 50 employees. Then what happens to the overall unemployment rate? And then what does that do? So again, we've got to remember that when UPS is saying that they're really struggling, they're a proxy for the overall economy. Yeah, we get that. But keep in mind, they're struggling when the unemployment rate is at 3.5%. They're struggling when everyone's saying the economy is booming. Okay, well, if UPS is going down the tubes right now in that environment, what do you think it's going to look like if or maybe when we go into a recession, for heaven's sakes, and the unemployment rate goes from 3.5 up to 7.5 <clears throat> or potentially even higher. You see, then how many people are they going to have to lay off? What's that going to do to the unemployment rate? And you just get into this vicious cycle, this feedback loop or doom loop, if you will. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's very likely that we see deflation, not just disinflation, but outright deflation. Now, I don't think it'll last more than a quarter or so, and then we'll probably go into the next wave of inflation. But I would not be surprised if uh, you know some quarter in 2024 or 2025, we actually had outright deflation like we saw, by the way, <clears throat> in 2009. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Jason Hartman, real estate, and Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Okay, so let's go over to the Wall Street Journal and see if we can get a few more insights. I don't want to, a lot of times the Wall Street Journal will get into debt more, like right here. So UPS has about 500,000, 495,000 employees worldwide. So they're cutting a, a significant portion, a uh, percentage of their overall staff. Oh, you know, another thing that I wanted to go over here, I didn't finish with this article. Look at this. I think this, you guys will get a kick out of this for sure. The company is also considering selling Coyote Truck Brokerage. Okay, we talked about that. 
But then the CEO also added that the company is planning to ask workers to return to the office five days a week in 2024. So I just watched last night this documentary that the Wall Street Journal did on office space in 2021 and 2022. They used the example of uh, Amazon, Cisco, Adobe, Marriott, uh, and and one more that I, I, I don't recall. But what they were talking about is how all of these businesses transformed their office space for remote work. And as they're going through this, as a former entrepreneur myself, I'm I'm thinking, you know, this is not going to end well because I know a lot of you probably work from home. A lot of you tell yourself that you're just as productive when the dog's barking or your kids are yelling at you or you're you got the neighbor that's mowing his lawn over there or you're sitting there in your pajamas. You can tell yourself that you're a lot more productive, but look, take it from a guy that's been in the trenches for a long, long time. I've had over a thousand employees, not all at once, but over the years. And I can tell you that nobody, nobody, nobody is more productive at home by themselves with all of these distractions than they are at work, assuming that that work environment is managed well. Now, if you've got some crappy manager, you got all these distra- you could have more distractions at work but assuming that the office is managed well there's uh, standard operating procedures right there's a system there's a flow there's a uh, good spirit everyone's motivated to do their job everyone has specific goals in mind and they're incentivized to achieve those goals and everyone is doing this as a group as a unit you're you're not going to be as productive. So the reason all these businesses could get away with it, and by the way, my good buddy Eric Sue and Neil Patel talk about this on their podcast called Marketing School. So what they do is they have these digital marketing agencies. And Neil, as an example, represents a lot of brands, like big brands, like Coca-Cola, as an example. So they have boots on the ground intel as to what's happening with all of these, not just big brands, but also small and mid-sized businesses in the United States. And they've told me, well, Eric has told me, that almost every single one of the businesses that he works with, which runs the gamut from small to, to huge, in fact, they're all bringing more people back. Why? Because they got to tighten their belt because those people weren't as productive at home as they are in the office. And now all of a sudden, there's no money tree. Right back in 2020, 2021, 2022, you got the stimmies, you got the PPP, money is just raining down from the sky. So when money is raining down from the sky, and I've been in this position as well as an entrepreneur, you're a lot less strict on the employees. You, you, you make unforced errors. There's a lot of fat that's on the, the, the side of beef or whatever, right? You, you, you get to where you're not as focused on running the operation as lean as possible and maximizing on margins because you're making more money than you ever thought, even though your margins are shrinking because now you've got all these redundancies and staff, your SOPs aren't as good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But when that money tree runs out and instead of the revenue skyrocketing, now all of a sudden it's coming down, the very first thing that you do is you say, okay, how can we cut the fat, and how can we get back to a point where my productivity for each employee that I do have is maximized? Because now, since revenue is going down, 
I need to get as much out of each employee as I possibly can. So you cut staff and you, with the remaining people, you figure out, okay, how can we be more efficient? Oh, why don't we bring people back into the office instead of having them at home saying that they're working eight hours a day, when in reality, they're working about a half an hour. And so this, I think, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but this is going to be a huge trend. But this is a huge opportunity, right? For those of you who watch the channel, you know that I go to St. Bart's periodically, and I've got some good buddies there that are hedge fund managers, former hedge fund managers, that have made quite literally billions of dollars. And one of the last conversations that I had there at dinner was the heart, the best investments that these guys have ever made were the ones that are the hardest to pull the trigger. So they asked me, George, if you're wondering what the best investment might be in the next five years, you got to ask yourself, what would be the hardest thing for you to buy right now? Commercial real estate, office. And I'm not saying that office is going back to 100%, but if it's priced at 25% and it goes back to 50%, that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. Not saying I'm buying now, but it's definitely on the watch list. And that, and reading this last sentence reminded me of that. So I think the main takeaway here, guys, is we're starting to see these businesses that are proxies for overall economic activity really hitting the skids. And we're seeing a lot of layoffs. Now, will this impact the unemployment rate or to what degree will it? I don't know. But this is telling us what's happening with the fundamentals underneath the surface, regardless of what we're seeing with the GDP number or what we're seeing with the unemployment rate. And by the way, if the economy was booming, you would not see UPS laying off 12,000 people. <laughs> That's the quick and easy takeaway. All right. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon, guys. As always, make sure that you're standing up for liberty, freedom, free market, capitalism. And if you want more of this type of content, you got to check out Rebel Capitalist Live, guys. This is going to be probably the best live event that I've ever put on. It's the fourth or fifth one that we've done in Orlando, May 31st. You got to get your tickets now because as we get closer to the event, the ticket prices go up. So you can get your tickets at rebelcapitalistlive.com and I'll see you on the next video and I'll see you in Orlando, May 31st.